looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Christmas Eve edition of Past the Post. Yes, we're working right up to the big day. Thanks for your company this morning. Plenty to talk about, particularly, of course, at Eagle Farm as the summer carnival rolls along. We're going to really dig deep into the 10 race card yesterday with a view to the future. Of course, next Saturday, we go to Dooman for a host of feature races. And then it's big time. Wave day at uh, Gold Coast, January 6th. Then Magic Millions Race Day, 11 races on January 13. Don't forget, of course, Archer Park Racing bring you past the post. Go to that web- website, archerparkracing.com.au. And with the yearling sales coming up, they will be very active. And as I said in the advertisement, doesn't matter what the budget is, big or small. The man sitting alongside of me, he fits into the big category. He's got a big budget. <laughs> and he'll be spending money. I'll be looking at book two. Okay. <laughs> You've given us a sneak preview there. Good morning. How are you, Michael? Maxworthy? I'm well, thank you, David. Uh, Great racing yesterday at Eagle Farm. Seven of the ten races were won by favourites. The track played superbly, I thought. Tony Gollum was the star of the show again. And I think the Magic Midian's picture is slightly clearer with Storm Boy winning. And, of course, his stablemate was so impressive uh, winning the opening event at uh, Randwick yesterday. Straight charge. Certainly was. We'll have a chat with Adrian Bott, hopefully very soon. But mm-hmm. uh, you're right, Tony Gollan, uh, four winners there. We'll try and chat with Tony. Helen Page uh, has a wonderful filly in trifling, won the City to Surf. We'll chat with her. And, of course, Chris Lees, the stable prepared, acquitted. That was a, a dynamic performance in the Burnborough, won by a margin and ran good time just outside of the track record. So we'll be speaking to all of those people, fingers crossed. Lots of other replays as well. So, as I said, thanks for your company this morning. Let's go to Eagle Farm yesterday. And just before we do, Michael, you mentioned seven out of the ten favourites won, which is a good result for favourite backers and punters in general. I think it it got to a point yesterday, maybe early to midway through the day, people were starting to think maybe the track is playing to the the centre again and, and jockeys were tending to shift away from the rail. But all of a sudden, CJ Graham on sneak preview said, OK, thanks for coming mm. up along the inside. So I think in the wash-up, in the end, the track played very fairly. Absolutely. So when we're doing the form, a lot of the, the horses yesterday will be running either on Wave Day or Magic Millions Day. Yeah. Look back at that and just uh, note in your book that the, the track was very fair at Eagle Farm. Let's go to the Group 3 Bruce McLaughlin for Magic Millions and Storm Boy, who'd won on debut at Rose Hill. He's, he's headed towards the Millions. He was the $1.45 favourite. Here's the replay. They're at the halfway mark. Machadi and Oa leads. Stormboy has to sit outside as they approach the turn. Has to pour in third. Stalking Stormboy now as he navigates away from the rail. He's following the favourite into the race. Moment of midnight drop back. Customised to the outside, then poster girl. Fully homeward bound, 300 left to run. How much gas in the tank with Stormboy? Currently he's a clear leader. Astapor can't go on. Poster girl rallying with Customised. They're in into the margin. Stormboy, 100 left to run, is in front. Poster girl. Girl and customise try hard. Stormboy too good. Waterhouse and Bot, they've got a great grip on the millions. And Stormboy went to the line and won the McLaughlin. Beat him poster girl and customised. Astapor had his chance at longer margins. Mashadi Aloha and Moat at midnight last. There was a bit of jostling in the Magic Millions market on tab fix yesterday. When Straight Charge won the first race, he leapfrogged Stormboy and became the favourite. So Stormboy was relegated as favourite. Not for long, though. Once he won the McLaughlin, he became co-favourite with Straight Charge. So Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott have the two equal favourites for the Magic Millions in three weeks' time. Adrian Bott was at Eagle Farm yesterday, and he's our first guest on Past the Post. Adrian, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Congratulations on yesterday on two fronts. Let's talk about Stormboy firstly, and I think most expected him to win. That's why he was at $1.45. Didn't quite go according to plan map-wise or race-wise, did it? No, he certainly didn't. Um, he sort of, uh, whether he just sort of blundered at the start there or, or, or sort of got squeezed, uh, sort of just got himself in a bit of a, a tricky position there early. And I, and I think obviously a, a few were there to quickly sort of capitalise on that and sort of got us into a bit of a, a tricky position there, caught wide. But um, Adam sort of made use of him to sort of get round and eventually sort of get outside the lead. So, um, yeah, and, and then he sort of left in front a, a long way from home and, um, you know, stuck on very well. So there was plenty of, plenty of merit to the performance, uh, even though it sort of didn't necessarily pan out the way we, we, we thought the map would. 
But in the wash-up, um, Adrian, the last 200 metres was really strong to the line, so there was plenty of merit. And on the clock as well, compared to a few of the other, you know, uh, fast-class races on the program, Zerastro um, and Bazique, so uh, that, that was a good sign as well. Yeah, look, I haven't had a chance to actually sort of take those times in, in, into account yet, but certainly... Um Putting into perspective around the day, if that's the case, that certainly adds uh, plenty of merit to it. You know, sort of looking at the race in isolation, plenty, of, plenty of others on pace there um, were sort of really struggling there late. He was sort of really the only on pace runner to, to, to stick on. So, um, yeah, that sort of usually gives you an indication of the pressure there in, in the race. Um, yeah, no doubt, a bit out on his feet there. That last furlong, he's having a bit of a look around as well. And, um, once sort of Adam sort of got his mind back on the job, he, he really responded well and, and stuck on nicely. So um, there's a good deal of improvement in, in um, you know, in that regard. He's still he's still learning it all, um, putting it all together. He's still a bit raw, um, and, and naturally just being a, a bigger type of cult. There's some, some good improvement to come out of out of that race, fitness wise. Um, I think a, a, a tough 1200 metre run like that really sort of sets him up nicely for the uh, for the Magic Millions race, which is no doubt you know, always going to be a high-pressure race as well. That's a good point you make. He's ticked that 1,200-metre box. And uh, and just on the times there, he ran 110.12, and Bazique ran slower, 110.45. She, she did control it. But, but nevertheless, with Stormboy, you look at the breakdown of the times of the race, I think between like the 800 and the 400, he was doing that bit of work outside lead. They went 10.87 and 10.95. So he was basically, to use an old trotting term, in the death seat, but they were running strongly. So for him to, to burn the candle at both ends, you know, regardless of the opposition, I think it showed that on Magic Millions Day, where some might be getting a bit leg weary, he looks like he's a strong horse to the line. Yeah, and, and, and look, he's look, he's always been a horse that's had that sort of depth to him. You know, we've sort of, you know, we've always sort of said we haven't quite been able to see the bottom of him yet. And again, you know, um, had he been sort of rallied late, you know, or challenged late, I'm sure he would have sort of continued to, to find again. Uh, but that's sort of always been his strong point. Um, and, and again, it didn't necessarily look like they were going um, that quick um, in those middle stages. Um, he makes he makes it look quite easy in that regard. He looked to be travelling really well. And, you know, it's always, um, you know, that high sort of cruising speed and still being able to, you know, quicken off absorbing pressure like that. Um, yeah. You know, that's sort of, yeah, that, that... that's what does separate those sort of good good horses. And he certainly got that. Yeah, absolutely. So what happens now? We're, we're under three weeks now to the big day. He obviously stays stays up here in Queensland. Yeah, look, we, we always sort of remain um, up there with Chris Munts. Chris Munts is um, so generous in um, sort of allowing us and, and, and sort of um, freeing up space for us to, to stay up there and is a, you know, is, is a big help in preparing these horses. So, um, yeah, big thank you to him and his team. Um, so our staff are up there who remain remain there over the over the next few weeks and um you know he's got a bit of time to to get over that run he's acclimatized to the conditions up there and um you know he's in some great training facilities there to, to, to help prepare for the for the race it was impossible to fold straight charge let's switch to him now winning the first at royal ramwick time was good controlled the race and, and never looked like losing that was 1100 meters yeah, he, he um, you know, to the eye, he always probably looks a, a, like he's got that little bit more brilliance than mm. um, Storm Boy, um, visually the way he can sort of um, sort of quicken. Um, but as we said before, Storm Boy's got that long, sustained um, speed. Uh, so it'll be an interesting matchup when they do sort of clash in, 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 in the Magic Millions. Um, I, I sort of find it very hard to sort of try and draw comparisons or, or, or make sort of separations there. So... Um, as can the market, I guess. So I think deserving both equal favourites. And, um, yeah, he's certainly got some improvement off the back of that run. He was first up, um, you know, off a, off a break. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's still a bit of improvement there. But I think even just the way he was able to put the race away there yesterday, he, he wasn't quite able to do that in the early part of the spring. So he's, um, you know, he's matured nicely. Adrian, what about a, a comparison with their, uh, their their physique and demeanour? We had a good look at Stormboy yesterday. He sort of took it all in beautifully, didn't turn a hair. Lovely, big, strong, strapping colt. But what about the Sydney horse, uh, straight charge? What does he look like? Um, look, he's probably a bit more refined and more of an athlete. Um, you know, more of an athletic style of horse. He wouldn't be as um, solid or, or um, you know, strongly built as him, but still a, you know, still a, a very, um, you know, very good sized and, um, 
as I said, he's a nice athletic type of colt. He's very, very laid back, very relaxed. Um, yeah, I would, I'd expect him to handle it very easily um, coming up to the Gold Coast. Um, so, yeah, no, no, no concern in that regard. So, so um, Adrian, what, what does he do? Does he come to, to Chris's stables in Brisbane or, or do you, do you yeah, wait with him to come to the millions? He'll, he'll, he'll come straight up, um, you know, probably um, end, of, end of next end of the coming week. Um, yeah. Probably sort of look to bring him up, give him a bit of time to settle in up there, give him a bit of time to get over the run here and, um, yeah, just sort of uh, get familiar with the conditions up there. Perfect. I was doing some research on this race this morning, the McLaughlin. Of course, you and Gay won it last year with a horse called the Novelist, and I went to his form. He hasn't raced since winning the McLaughlin. What's the story with him? Yeah, he, he had a setback um, after that um, run in the McLaughlin stakes there, so he sort of had to have a, um, a, a few months off following that. Um, came back and had a um, had some barrier uh, had a barrier trial. Um, last preparation, and then we just tipped him out again. Um, so, going to see him um, in in the autumn here in Sydney. Just been just been looking after him, and just wanted to give him that sort of preparation, getting getting back to that fitness of a trial, um, and then tipping him back out again. I, I know that as we approach Millions Day, also we're approaching sales time. I see Lot Thirty Three is by Piero out of Pelican, so it's a half brother to Storm Boy. I'm sure you and Gay will be most interested in having a look at it. Yeah, and I'll be looking forward to seeing that. I'm sure it'll be uh, high up on the wish list. Um, so, you know, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully it's a, um, a a nice type of horse. We've discussed the two big guns, equal favourites for the Magic Millions. Is there anything else? Um, how many runners do you think you might have in the race? Uh, in terms of the two-year-old race, no, we're we're not um, bringing anything else up for for that particular race. We, we may look at a, a couple for the uh, the debutante races. Uh-huh. The, the Colts and Phillies divisions, uh, a couple that have sort of trialled here already, um, uh, won their trials, and a couple that might be trialling on, on Friday at Rose Hill. So um, they may be the other sort of two-year-olds that we look to bring up. But uh, in terms of a couple of the others that you know could have been there and qualified, uh, Espionage and Shangri-La Express, they were probably the, the two main Magic Millions horses as well. They've sort of been um, sort of kept for their um, sort of respective targets in the autumn. And you add a no to that list of two-year-olds. There's five we've mentioned in the last 15 minutes. It's almost an embarrassment of riches. You and Gay must be delighted with the way, not only is the season going generally, but specifically with the, with your young horses. Yeah, look, it started off very well. And, um, you know, importantly, these horses look to have a, a good bit of depth to them. Um, you know, hopefully we'll just sort of scratch the surface and um, they can go on it, go on and, and sort of win those sort of types of races and, and, and targets that we can, um, you know, we'll hope that they can win in, in, in the autumn and that, that would certainly be put us in a very good position. Just one last one before you go, and we appreciate your time. What happened to Zoom on in Ascot? Yeah, uh, just sort of got uh, quite um, not quite sure why he hung out there on, on, on the turn, sort of a uh, bit of an uncharacteristic for him. He's, he's raced there previously and obviously sort of raced um, you know, that way of going successfully in Melbourne before so he, he, he struggled around there a bit but I think he'll, um, he's pulled up okay um, he'll, uh, you know, I think he'll bounce back off, off of that and the plan is to still back him up in the cup next week. Good on you mate, thanks for your time this morning. Thanks very much. Adrian Bott joining us of course, trains with Gay Waterhouse and they would be in a, or they are in a very nice position Absolutely. three weeks yeah. but what I like about this race um, this year we've got Stormboy in special a straight charge at three dollars fifty Highness and Spywa that's that Wyong race each yeah. at eight dollars and Arabian Summer who bolted in a Ballarat is at thirteen but I think we've got a very classy Magic Millions field this year I think so. in in some years there's been either one a standout or two the overall depth wasn't great. But this year, this looks classy. Yeah, interesting that Wyong race. There was um, a fair bit said about Spywire, who was the favourite. Remember, he was due to come up here for the field and mm. ready. I think they said that he might have spiked a temperature or something. And originally, when I watched the race, Hydus got up and beat him late. I felt, well, maybe he missed a bit of work or something. But having watched the replay a number of times, I just wonder whether he had a lend of them. He's a cold Spywire. Mm. And one good smack, you know, uh, on the rump there just to remind him what to do, it might have been a different story. Um, with great trainers, so just beware spy wire. I know he was beaten there, but uh, I just think that he, he might not have been putting in 100% in the straight there at Wyong that day.
And, of course, for the riding position, Hieronymus stays on Storm Boy and Tim yeah. Clark will ride straight charge. But now, who would you have as favourite? You had a good look at the straight charge in Sydney yesterday, did you? Yeah, but I tend to, to agree. I, I think Adrian was trying to say it, but he didn't want to say it. I think straight, straight charge looks the looked the sexier of the two, the jazzier, like, yeah. uh, and even talking about condition-wise or, or physique-wise, he's probably more of an athlete. But what I liked about Storm Boy was he rolled along at a good speed and he just kept going mm. to the line. And, you know, when push comes to shove at the end of a strong 1,200 at the Gold Coast, yeah. he might be the one Storm it's Boy. It's tricky, but I agree with you. Um, the other fella looks a, a, maybe a little bit sharper and he's had um, straight charge, three trials and two races, but those three trial wins were like races. He was asked to win them. Mm. And what I liked about him was every time they clicked him up, he found something. Even when he was beaten in the Breeders' Plate, it was a narrow loss um yeah there's plenty to like about him and i'm loving the 21 days break for both of these horses mm. to get set for the big day so yeah really looking forward to magic millions day this year in particular because of the the, the quality that looks like is going to line up 100 percent. well we've covered off on the the mclaughlin and, and the magic millions on a broader front let's go to the other two listed features yesterday. The Burnborough play for Channel 7 was race 7. And acquitted who'd won the tail so impressively at Doomond was the favourite. Bookies gambled late, started $2.40. Down the side by Racecourse Village. They're halfway home and binding, making every post a winning post. Leads by two. Without revenge, second. Love tap third, but having a torrent runner. Jenny the rail acquitted is ready to go in the centre as they reach the 600 metres. Two lengths away then came Noah to deal, followed by the Vowels. Shin's starting to feel for him now as he starts to work into the race. A long gap then to Vinko and Trevelyan and Tazarel stay motherless last and a long way off them. In the straight, binding led the way from without revenge on the outside and Love tap. Aquinas trying to force a passage. He is doing so now. And the Vows is coming home strongly right down the outside. Aquinas reached the lead. The Vows on the outside trying hard. Then biting him without revenge. 100 left to run. Aquinas is well clear. Aquinas is going to bolt in and beat home either without revenge or the Vows. Fourth binding, I think, from Taz around. There was never a chance. Then Jetty, Love Tap, Noah Nadeel, uh, Trevelyan, Vico. Acquitted uh, stamped authority all over that race. Uh, not only was there a margin there, but uh, the time was outstanding, one thirty-four, one seven. It's only uh, 0.1 outside of uh, Emphasis's track record, which has stood for several years. And, well, he owned that race. It was as simple as that. He did. Um, they seemed to run in two divisions, didn't they? I thought um, the performance of the vows was good, given that he had to make up a lot of ground, get mm. going a long way from home, and Tazarel was the same. Just got too far back, 10, 12 lengths off the lead, and horses up on the pace dominated there. Um, the runner-up certainly gave a good kick without revenge, but you're right. Orman had acquitted in precisely the right spot, a very similar spot uh, when he won the, the recognition, the, mm. the Tats recognition a couple of weeks earlier at Doombin, and um, he presented beautifully in the yard, acquitted yesterday, just taking it all in his stride, and yeah, he's a quality horse. And, and I think he's developed, he's blossomed into a quality horse because this was this is only the fourth racing campaign the Lee Stable have given him. He's an import. He had uh, uh, two runs in the autumn of last year, three runs in the spring, and then he had eight runs in the order in winter this year. I think he was considered a, a more than handy horse, better in the wet, but all of a sudden he's now got yeah. to open company and he's very good on the dry. That's so right, yeah, because he had those wet stats mm. there and you, you you were a little bit concerned, you know, does he grow a leg in the wet? Well, he probably does, but he's great on t up on top of the ground as well. I thought Orman's ride was a little bit cheeky. <laughs> um, he... Um, he, he was kicking up and keeping Love Tap three deep. Now, he could have come back a half length or something, but he, he said later in an interview with Bernie that he wanted to ride him like a good thing and he wanted to hold that spot with cover. Mm. But then coming towards the home, Ben, when he wanted to uh, get out, <laughs> like he's tried to push Love Tap out and Ash Morgan said, bugger you, you're staying right there. Yeah. It was good uh, jockeying yesterday, Orman coming out on top because he had a heap underneath the bonnet on a quitter when that skinny gap did eventually appear. You made a good point about the race. You said like there were two divisions. It was, it was interesting calling it because they were strung out. Binding set a really good speed. Well, so much so they nearly got to the track record. But it was a genuinely run race from start to finish 
and the best horse won on the day. Yeah. It, was a, it was a genuine race. You could offer no excuse for any other horse in the race. I will say, though, and we did mention this yesterday, both of us, uh, without Revengers racing terrifically, uh, big ticks to, to Corey and Kylie Guerin. This horse was purchased off the Van Dyke stable. They've given it three runs, fourth in the Little Dance, second in the Tails, two acquitted, and then second to acquitted yesterday. And unfortunately for the Guerins, running into a horse who's very much in form. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, um, he just he's just absolutely flying acquitted. Acquitted to the stable and... He went in as a late entry, you know, uh, for his last win and obviously stayed here and loving it at the Gold Coast, getting pampered there, and he, he really did look the good yesterday. He's flying. What reminded me What reminded me yesterday when I was watching a quitted win, it reminded me of 12 months ago when a horse of Chris Lee's is, uh, from Stable, uh, you called it, won the lock day of the, the carnival the previous year. Remember he bolted in there one day, probably might have even been a week earlier or the like, um, acquitted reminded me of that yesterday. And speaking of you, call it, he's nommed for the buffering next Saturday at Doom. And those noms are already out with the with Christmas tomorrow and Boxing Day Tuesday. So healthy noms, uh, several feature races, but you call it in, in the buffering. It'll be interesting to see what they do with acquitted now or where they head with it. Yeah, I did hear Mel say yesterday, I'll talk to Chris, but they might send him to the paddock mm. and, and have a crack at a decent race during the autumn in Sydney. Uh, but the buffering's going to be interesting. It holds the wild card, doesn't it, for the... Magic um, Millions Cup? The Cup, 1,400. Yep. And it's interesting that um, Zoo Style holds an entry there for the, for the buffering. Um, and that was the plan. I think they possibly, something we could ask Tony, there was a bit of a rumour going around after he won the George Moore, whether, you know, that's it, we'll call time on his wonderful career. But I think they may have had a change of heart. I think Tony said he always wanted to try him over something a little further, you know, a speed horse mm. getting into a nice rhythm over further. So it'll be interesting to see whether Zustal does accept and if he happens to win, if he does go to the uh, the Cup over 1,400. Uh, if he does, he's probably going to line up against the Rastro. Yes, exactly right. 25 noms in the buffering. Let's push on now and go to the other listed feature of the day. This was the Falvalon for Magic Millions. Zarastro was the favourite. He started at $3, but there was very good support for the Godolphin runner Spacewalk, who firmed at $3.20. Here's the replay. No peace for Zarastro at the halfway mark. Master Jamie annoys him on the outside. Spacewalk all of a sudden goes to third now. Under a good grip from Shin coming to the turn. Then Rubiquitous, Naturno off the track. Then Rich on Legal Esprit. F Troop D4, Ralphie 15 rands and Alpine Edge. In the straight, Zarastro is the leader. Spacewalk given full ball by Shin on the outside. Coming after Zarastro. But Zarastro's got a kick. A real good kick. Zarastro in front. Spacewalk trying ever so hard. Can't make any impression. Short of 100 to go. Zarastro further, further ahead. And Zarastro wins the Falvalon from the Tuno. Legal Esprit and Spacewalk gave up late. Then Richon followed by, at the head of the others, Rubiquitous, Alpine Edge, Ralphie, Master Jamie, 15 rounds F Troop and Deep Paul last over the line. And Zarastro wins again. It's becoming a common theme uh, with Zarastro. He's been a revelation. He's been a fine since... We saw him in the last race at Dooman at a bread and butter meeting in the middle of winter. Uh, something annoyed the bejesus out of it. It got run down on the line. Yeah. And since then, it's just been, except for one day, win after win after win and taking listed to the listed Falvalon yesterday. Tony Gollan not only trained Zarastro, he trained four winners on the day, our premier trainer and a, a frequent guest on, on Pass the Post. He's with us now. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for being with us. Congratulations yesterday. Look, with Zarastro, we've talked a lot about him in our conversations, either before the races or on past the post. Uh, any win is, 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 is satisfying. But I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts, this must be a very fulfilling experience with Zarastro because you purchased him off a trainer, probably Australia's leading trainer. Uh, so you're on the kicking to nothing, so to speak. But what you've done with this horse, Zarastro, and what your team have done and what your jockeys have done, uh, it must be quite fulfilling for you. Yeah, it was. Um, I must admit, yesterday is probably the the most nervous I've been going to the races with him. You, you all know he's been up for quite a while. We've spaced his runs, and once I kind of realised that that he was going to make a carnival horse in the summer, I had to start backing down off him a little bit, and I got caught out his first run back when he ran second to Extremist. Uh, just had him a little bit soft that day, and since then we've just got things back as they should 
and he's won his last two. And I was just still going to the races yesterday, you know, off a, off a very deep prep, as you know, with the amount of pressure in that race yesterday back at Eagle Farm where there's no there's no room for error when you're racing mm. Eagle Farm. If you're a little bit vulnerable, they'll, they'll catch you out that last half furlong. And I just thought he was excellent. I was just so proud of him yesterday. The horse absorbed pressure and, and he, he was the strongest horse late. Yeah, Rubiquitous uh, was a touch hesitant at the start, but Master Jamie sort of eyeballed him there, but um, Ange didn't panic at all. I'm just having a look at his record since he's been at Eagle Farm, this horse. Seven starts, five wins, two seconds. Um, possibly he should be seven starts, seven wins, but anyway, that's the record. Yeah. He's won $400,000. Yeah, 32 grand, but, you know, you're right. He probably should be unbeaten. You know, one, one time he got driven mad you know, by 100 to one shot and the other time is trainer error so yeah he's a, he's a really talented horse um i can't thank the other guys uh, jamie Haynes and darren smith enough for buying him and i must admit when we first got him i thought oh geez what am i going to do with this and um and just to be able to, fi- to figure out what we've done with him and which is very proud and you, uh, david mentioned before our team riders little with people at the stables they put a lot of effort into a horse like this and our farrier he needs special mentioned because he hasn't got the world's best feet and uh, Stewie Hinks rides him every day that he's a very tricky horse to train and yeah we're very proud of the effort he done. He's a fast horse and it's good for Anne Jones as well coming out of her apprenticeship last season you need a good horse to to keep your name up in lights and she's got one here and Probably not the easiest horse to ride because he, he is so quick. She's got to get the pace right, and she did that superbly, didn't she, in the 1350? Um, yeah, correct. Yeah, so she gets a big tick as well. Yeah, I think two, I think you're right. I think the, the two starts going in recognition. I think that was that was probably the ride for me that just said Angie's more than, you know, more than Kate was saying on a horse like this. She just summed that race up so well, and I've got a lot of... Obviously, we've, our stable has a lot of time for Angela. Owners do. We all back her, support her. And not only was she a champion apprentice, she's a champion person. And she just does an amazing job. She's still there working all the time. And we know that first year out of their time is the hardest for these kids. And to give her the support, it was never going to be an option for us. It was something we're always going to do. And for her to get on a horse like Zarastro, we had a light weight when she got on him. And Jimmy Orman had been riding him. He, obviously, she got down to the weights up in grade. And she's just taken over and done a great job. You said you were nervous before the race, and then watching the race, you're probably even a bit more nervous. I, I, I just broke down the times of this race, and it's quite significant to to highlight this. Talk about absorbing pressure between the thousand and the four hundred. Zarastro ran that in a tick under thirty three. He they, they were they were going helter skelter. Then he had the cheek to run ten point nine up the straight to the furlong pole, and then home in twelve point oh four. But overall, he's done it all the way and finished just outside of the track record. Now, that was 1,200 metres. The, the, the next question is, we go to Magic Millions Day, and I suppose most people would have automatically thought it's the snippets, but you made mention with Bernie post-race yesterday, it might be the Magic Millions Cup. Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards the Cup. I probably always have been in terms of recognition with him. Uh, I think 1,400 around the speed track, like the Gold Coast, I, I could just see him being very dominant, um, you know, a bit of an on-pace bully, really. He's he's a he's a really nice horse. He's got, he's got that ability where he's got speed, but he's also got stamina. He can he can finish a race off after being pressured. And you train a lot of horses before you get one like this. And I, I probably think after his recognition win, fourteen hundred is probably where I want to put him. I, I got the luxury of looking at the noms, and I can I can have a look and see what race I think shapes up best for him. But my mind at the moment would be more towards the seventh rather than the sixth. Natuno was good because he was off the track when they were hiking along yeah. and still still held on very responsibly for second. Yeah, he was really good. I mean, for me, going into the race, he was the X-factor sort of horse. You've seen what he did to Zoo Style and those other good sprinters in the Swiss Ace, he, he made him look second rate. Then he got a you know a choppy track and he just didn't behave himself well second up. Yesterday, he was a little bit forgotten. Obviously, with Zarastro and Spacewalk's pipe, you know, the punters zeroed in on those two. He was a little bit forgotten, but he, he covered a lot of ground. I, I thought he finished the race off well. You didn't see that sharp turn of foot, but he probably wasn't allowed to show it for the ground he covered in the run. But he was more than a pass mark, and he'll certainly head to the snippets on Magic Millions Day. So he's off to the snippets. Um, yeah. 11 races, Magic Millions Day this year with two divisions of the uh, um, the, the, the debut. Um, 
Tony, um, I guess you've got a job now, as, as we've been discussing this morning, to sit down and see where your Magic Millions horses fit in, you know, which race suits which yeah. horse. Yeah. Not, not an easy job, I wouldn't think. Yeah, we've got quite a lot. And your races like the Syndicate and et cetera there, which, are, which you've got to just find what horses qualify and where they're at. We'll, we'll have a good representation in that race as well. Uh, unfortunately, we've, we lost the, the two-year-old, Chip Denis, when she won the Callaway Gal the other day, which is a bit unfortunate. But, but overall, I think we're going to have pretty good representation on the day. Um, I make no you know, secret of the fact I love this summer carnival. We've, we've been a stable targeted it now for the last, I don't know, eight years or something like that, and we've had great success. And There's no other day other than Magic Minions Day. It's grand final day. That's the day we want to have horses there turn up in, in good condition. One for, one final point on Zarastra before we move forward. Um, so we, we go to potentially the Cup on Magic Minions Day, and then I would imagine he has a break. Uh, do you now consider this horse in a position that we now go to a next level and we look at a, a winter carnival? Absolutely, yeah. I think he's a straight break horse, mm. to be honest. Uh, you know, that, that's, I think the Cups will tell me that. I think the Cups is barrier trial for the strategy, really. Like, I mean, it's different track, different circumstance, but... You know, horses that can absorb pressure like he can and, and, and then find, I think those, those horses can go to that next level. And, you know, there's no doubt he has the ability. It's just a matter of getting the preparation right. So we'll we'll give him a short break. And it is a very short break from as you mean into our winter. Mm. We're basically a late autumn carnival, to be honest, here in Queensland. So it's a very quick turnaround. But he'll enjoy a few weeks off after Magic Millions. And you'll see him take his part in the winter carnival. Stradbroke would be my, would be my main goal with him. While we're talking, I want to see if the producer can do something above his uh, um, pay grade. Can you go to race four, Mr. Producer Dale? Let's listen to the replay of Bossed Up and then we'll come back and talk to Tony. Femfatale pressured strongly by Highbar. Bossed up all of a sudden comes to the outside. The Lucky Allen going for a run near the inside but not accelerating quickly enough and then came She's a Rogue. Highbar in front. Bossed up now laying down the law. They beat off Femfatale. Highbar headed off now by Bossed up. 100 left to run and Bossed up burned away and it's home and hosed. Bossed up straight to the line. Miners. Town crier flying in a camera with a femme fatale and high bar weakening in the centre. Then Mashani Gangster, followed by the lucky alien, and she's a rogue's last. I think the more people looked at this race during the morning when they were working out what they were going to back, what they weren't going to back, Bossed Up started to look better by the hour because it was a high-speed race. He was good at the Sunshine Coast first up. You've got the top jockey on. He gets the right map, and it all panned out that way. But what I like, Tony, not only did he win... But that last part, uh, I liked his, his his last 50 metres. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was surprised at how soft he did win in the end. I, I'm a bit like you. I, the closer we got to the race, the more it just looked perfect for him. I heard Maxie on the preview in the morning and we were talking about maps and all that, sort of, all that sort of jazz. And it did look to map well for him. And it just worked exactly the script. Orman was off the fence at the right time, which, you know, Jimmy, he makes the right moves. You know, far more often than not. So he had him in the right position, but I love the way late he was able to put them away, you know, half so long to go. He, he was very dominant uh, to his best win. He's still a work in progress, of course. He's still learning what it's all about. He's still learning to save his energy, energy pre-race. He's a bit busy. But geez, once, he, once, he gets, once he gets right to the end of where he's going to be, I think he's a, a King Kappa type horse. Mm. He's only had the five starts. That was his third win yesterday. And I always think to a good benchmark at Eagle Farm, if you break the 57, you've got a nice horse. And he, and he went 56.86. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a really nice horse. I, mean, I think he's a, he'd probably he'd get that next level of sprinter. He's probably 12 months off that. Mm. I don't know where the winter bike come a bit quick for him, but you'll hopefully see him Magic Mings Day as well. He, he registers for the syndicate race, uh, 1,100 metres. I hidden wealth in it last year, and he profiled off that same sort of prep. So mm. I think he could go there and run, run a good race in a race like that. We're talking to Tony Gonnell, and we're looking back at his uh, winning quartet yesterday. Let's go to the replay of the final event, race 10, and Tony's rep here was Freedom Rally. Eight lengths span them down towards the 600 metres. Regal Palm leads. Freedom Rally has it well within its sights. And likewise, Wollinga Free Falls staring down at the pair in third as they come to the turn. Then came Animate about to hook wide. Now Malloy's getting go. Wanji into the clear as they straighten for home. But he's still five to six off them. On straightening though, Regal Palm leads away. From Freedom Rally on the outside, then Wollinga Free Fall. Animate go. Wanji's under pressure. He's running on fairly well. Freedom Rally now laying down the law to Regal Palm. Then Wollinga Free Fall. Animate go. 
Wanji not doing enough. Freedom Rally, 100 to go. Burned away. And it's four wins for Tony Gollum. Freedom Rally straight to the line. Beat home, Wollinga free fall. Photo third. Line of boom prominent. Not far away was uh, Animate, then Regal Pom. Followed by Tony B. Go Wanji disappointed. They didn't put in. Then Renew, followed by Flashar, couldn't refuse. Star Virgo stuck with you and gave us up. Last over the line. This was an on-pace dominated race. Freedom Rally was one of the beneficiaries, fair to say. But, Tony, good to see him back in winning form and hitting the line hard. Yeah, I, I apologise to his owner, Pedro Anastasia, yesterday. I was, I was clearly a run short into the gateway with him. I was on a bit of a tight timeline from his last prep. Just come off him a little bit and get him ready for, for the gateway. And the way he raced yesterday, I, I knew off his work on Tuesday, I was just two weeks behind where I should have been, to be honest. Um, he, he was the, the right horse to win a gateway. Unfortunately, we missed it. We won the 85. He'll hopefully back up in the buffering this Saturday. And with all, um, yeah, with any luck at all, he can hopefully win a wild card in the Magic Wednesday. Mm. Will Zeus style uh, run in the buffering? Yep. yep. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've always wanted to give him a 1400. He must have known Brad Stewart was riding him. Always sort of felt that he could get seven. He's got that beautiful... He's got the action, more of a seven fellow horse than he does a sprinter. To be honest, he's got that beautiful big stride on him. And he loves Doombin and the option to go to the Falvalon or, or go to this race. I, for me, his record at Eagle Farm has been terrible. And I was really keen to give him one more go at Doombin. He, he, he's in great shape. He, I tipped him over with a trial in between runs. And the horse is just in great order. And... I'm really looking forward to seeing him after that distance on Saturday. And your other winner, of course, was Bazique, and uh, she was very well backed and a bit like Freedom Rally. She was able to go up the front, control it, control it very well. They went very slowly, and she sprinted home well. So, again, you've got a mare in good form, three from three this campaign, and I'm, I'm sure she'll be there on Magic Millions Day as well. Yeah, she'll nom for the syndicate and also the mare's race on the same day. We'll hopefully get into one of those with her. She's a talented horse. She showed that as a two-year-old. You know, stakes placed. Um, then we had to give her a, a lot of time just to, to get her back where I wanted her. And it's a luxury at the moment, you know, being able to go through those these lower grades with a mare like her, because she's certainly destined for black type racing. So to be able to put her through these lower grades, it just gives them confidence and and gives everyone a bit of you know, wind under their sails. Tony, we had a good session of trials at Doombin last Tuesday. Um, I was keen to have a look at the two-year-olds, and gee, uh, I like that filly Moulin Miss uh, yeah. by Spirit of Boom. How does she come through that trial? Yeah, very good. I She trotted up beautiful post-trial. I just sent her to Letitia to give her a, a four or five days out there to mix things up with her. I'll try and run her in one of those nugget races in the week before on the 6th at the Gold Coast. I don't know whether she'll get in or not. I'm, I'm not sure. She's obviously got to you know, try and sneak into the field. But she, she's um very talented filly. She's well above average. She's an English classic horse. She's got mm-hmm. magic means. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I can do a job and get her down to Sydney for the Millennium in February. And just on the trials, before we let you go, um, I was there, Golden Boom uh, trialled, and, and yeah. as expected, he won. What impressed me was, and that's why I don't mind going to the trials occasionally, you can have a good look at them in the flesh. By gee, he seems to have developed well since his break. Oh, really well. Um, he had a tie-back surgery. Mm. His breathing was, was, in a, was in a bit of trouble, so we did tie-back surgery on him. Uh, he come back a, a whole lot better horse. He, he looks better. He's doing better. Uh, breathing, you can't hear a peep out of him now, so... I think you're going to see a, you know, a whole lot better version of Golden Boom when you get him back. He'll run first up into the syndicate. I've spoken about that race a few times now this morning. We've got a few in it, but um, he, he's a really, really talented horse. He'd be up there. Like he, he reminds me a lot of Zoo Style. I've said that previously. He, he makes running fast look pretty easy. He's got the big action. And he controls it well. So I think now that he he can get a full lung capacity of air. Um, he's a very exciting horse for the next 12 months. Yeah, that's 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 very interesting information. The last thing I'll say to you, and you probably think I'm going to say Merry Christmas. No, I'm not. What I'm going to say to you is, after yesterday, 66 Metro winners, you're trending uh, to break uh, your own record. I'll be right. Uh, look, I'll be right. Yeah, There's something on this, David. You're, you're uh, keeping well, him know. hopping. You're keeping I, him at it. I, 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 I'm obsessed <laughs> by it. I want him to break his own record, Max, which he'll do. Two years ago, he, he gave me a good shake-up, David. I, I had a a below par season really and he uh, he reminded me of it and um, I've had to really pull my finger out since and, <laughs> and the stable is going great we're, we're, very, we're very proud of the effort 100 Metro winners is always our goal but obviously um, if we can break that 140 that'd be amazing but it doesn't go without uh, you know dotting a lot of I's and crossing a lot of T's and doing a lot of hard work in between Absolutely.
So on that note, I better say Merry Christmas to you and Jane and the family and all your team too at uh, at the stables because it's been a, a wonderful year. Have a good day tomorrow, mate. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. There he is, Tony Gollum. Rothfire was also at that session. You would have called him home. Yeah. It was just a canter, a stroll in the park, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that's exactly what they wanted to do. Perfect, and, uh, yeah. just, just ambled, and just on Rothfire, what about the, the prices in the King of the Mountain? He opened at 90. He opened at 280. It was there for a while. It was there... Two fifty, I reckon, all last week. I just called up this morning a dollar ninety. Wham, yeah. bam, thank you, ma'am. All that yeah. pizzazz. That's, we didn't talk about all that pizzazz, but it's at four dollars fifty. That race starting to, to thin out a bit. I think that's why punters yeah. are starting to say this is good odds, Rothfire, Rothfire. when it was in the black. Yeah, and uh, it's got a clause in it. The winner um, goes into the uh, the cutest Magic Millions thirteen hundred. Um, remember, Rob did it with buffering. Mm. Uh, I think he had 61 kilos or something, started at $1.40 and won. Um, so that'll be great if he wins that. And then he goes to Magic Millions Day as well, just adding a little bit more class to Magic Millions Day. It's all getting very exciting. We've got one more race to have a listen to at Eagle Farm. This is the City to Surf. Weigel Tiger was going to the 1,600 metres, but he was the, the well-baked favourite. Here's the replay. On straightening by the 400 metres, they shift away from the rail, and Weigel Tiger and CJ Grobe sprinted to a clear lead. Master playing quickly beaten, Exotic Miss was next. Then came Trifling, setting sail after Weigel Tiger. Then came What a Weekend and Victory Win, Weigel Tiger in front. There's no gas in the tank. Trifling looms large on the outside. Trifling and Weigel Tiger pair off. It's Trifling's day today. She pulled clear and beat Weigel Tiger, beaten on his merits. Third Exotic Miss, and fourth What a Weekend, then Master Plans, Kilby. Music and victory win last home. Trifling was ready to win and she was well weighted in yesterday's race. Michael Rod's been her constant companion for this campaign and he stalked Weigel Tiger all the way, followed up the favourite, pulled off its back and simply Trifling was too strong at the end of the mile. Yeah, um, and Michael, who knows her so well, rode a kilo over. When I originally did the weights, I'm thinking, oh, you know, she had that really good weight advantage but she's going to carry plus one, 56. But there's no substitute for class, and he just rode her beautifully, followed the right horse, just got it down pap superbly, didn't he? Helen Page trains trifling. She's been kind enough to join us this morning from her base at the Gold Coast. Helen, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. She's been a very good filly for you. She was so good as a two-year-old, and now she's developed uh, during her spell, and it was great to see her win yesterday. We knew that she... She had a hoof on the on the till, and uh, everything went right yesterday, and she got the prize. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, she's she's a beautiful filly, lovely filly, big big girl, um, and all she's done is improve all the time. You know, she's done her best every run. She does her best. And, and you mentioned she she's a big filly. Did you have to? Was she working into her fitness this campaign? Because she's had a few runs. Yes, I'm a bit old school. Nothing wrong and, with that. Um, no. And my husband taught me that way. And he said, he always used to say, um, you know, like um, one run is worth eight gallops, mm. <laughs> eight or ten gallops. And, and she's a big filly and I haven't had the facilities here at the Gold Coast, um, you know, to do the right thing by her. I've got to be honest. Uh, we don't have grass tracks. I'm not going to go to Bow Desert with her and take half a day to work her. Um, so, um, you know, I've had to let the runs bring her fitness along. Mm. And she, um, we, I did trial her on that poly track. She loved it. She uh, bolted in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know the class of the horses in the trials. In no. those. Yeah. And... And I did say let it be up near the lead, which is not the way to ride it, but to do that because of the kickback on that place, you know, on in their faces. And I didn't want to start turning, giving her any negative thoughts about turning things up in a race. And um, so, so she we allowed her to go forward that day. Yeah, she's only a, a three-year-old filly. She's uh, uh, a Queensland bred being by Better Than Ready and the owners are having a wonderful ride as you are and your staff, Helen. She's won $417,000, 130K in cutest bonuses. Tell us about, we see that you, uh, a lot of your horses carry those colours. Tell us about um, how she came to your stables and, and the ownership. Oh, well, I have a wonderful relationship with um, Frank and Christine Cook, 
I've trained for them for about 25 years. Um, and we've had a lot of success together. You know, I've won the Golden Rose with Doonan. Mm. Um, he was a little $30,000 purchase. So in our early days, we were only purchasing cheap horses. Um, and then that progressed as, you know, as... Uh, as we had a little bit more success, and even back in the day of Doonan, um, he was a leased horse. Frank and Christine choose to own the horses themselves, and then, but they'll say to me, can you find people to go in shares? But because of the um, fantastic incentive of the Magic Millions with the ladies' bonus, which I might say I think the cooks have won twice with other trainers, not with me, the ladies' bonus, uh, they they say, let's make it a ladies' horse, Helen. So for me, they target cutest horses. Uh, and it's hard work to find good cutest horses, horses out of the Magic Millions, the first, the mains are. It's hard. It's hard. Because they either fight, there's not many of them, and a lot of them fail with whatever, our, our standards. And... Um, so I'm lucky to get one or two out of the sale. Um, and uh, so Trifling was one of them that we purchased um, she, she, this year, that, that year, particularly the year. And she, um, she, she was always a lovely filly, uh, big scopey filly, but very sensible. Um, and they paid a bit of money for her. It wasn't cheap. Um, but she has repaid them so well, as you were saying, you know, the money she's earned. Now, I had her in work and I actually raised her, raised her as an early two-year-old and then Frank sort of, Mr Cook rang and said, look, I think we should spell her and leave her and wait for the three-year-old bonus. And um, I was a bit shattered, so I turned her out. But after two weeks, I brought her back and I rang him up and said, look, I think I can win a two-year-old race with her. Mm. And he said, oh, really? Well, if you think you can, you do it. And so the rest is history. She's just sort of um, risen to the occasion every time I've put her in. But I haven't hounded her on the tracks. I, I'm a bit wary of hounding the babies, you know, on the tracks. It's really hard. And getting back to getting them ready this year, it's been very difficult getting young horses ready this year because of we haven't had grass tracks, you know. So it's been a bit difficult. Yeah. But. I thought the, the the other feature of the win yesterday was not the horse horse, but was the jockey, Michael Rod. Now he's had his mm-hmm. his battles over the last couple of years. Not only is it good to see him back riding, it's good to see him back riding winners and riding them well. We we know yesterday was a ten out of ten ride, and I like the way after mm-hmm. the race he paid special tribute to, to you, but also to John as well. Yes, exactly. Look, we go back a long way, mm. and um, you know. How lucky were we when he was apprenticed to Barn Guy here at the Gold Coast and we had Zach Purton here as well, you know, as an apprentice. And we had two wonderful apprentices and we just took it for granted, you know, at the time. We're saying, gee, they're good riders. Well, look what they've turned out to be, you know, champion people and champion riders. And um, it was so nice when he, when when Michael was sort of back here and, um, showing that he was going to be able to ride, you know, he was showing interest in, I was following him, he was losing weight and getting fit at the trials and whatever. And it was just the right time to um, for him to be offered the ride, you know. Mm. And um, I just felt that he could give me the feedback, uh, honest feedback of how she would be travelling and going. And he, he was honest with me that he's her start before this and he said to me uh, and to the group, he said, I don't know whether you want to know, hear this but um, I think she's looking for the miles and what? so yeah. that's what that's why we decided to run her, I spoke to the cooks for a long time that we tossed and turned about it all and even involved Steve Morley the breeder um, in the conversation because uh, you know, we're trying to head towards the guineas but as Frank said, she needs a win, Helen. She needs a win. And um, I said, well, we between us all, we decided that yesterday's race would be the, the weaker race. I mean, being nice and conservative about the whole thing. But that would be a weaker race for her than the Vaux Rogue. 
and the bow robe is going to be too short for it's like a mini guineas and it's probably too short for in distance over the at Doombin, you know, she can't seem to handle Doombin that well. And back in to, to the thirteen fifty, you know, I don't think she could have could win it. No. So, um, so that's why we jumped to the th- this mile race. And Michael was right, and he was out to prove us that this was right. Would he you be did it. Would you be tempted to run her in the wave? Uh, don't know. At this stage, we're considering. We're look. We're heading towards the guineas. Okay. She's, mm. she's eligible for the ladies' bonus. Yes. Which uh, they were telling me, Magic Million ladies were telling me that she's the only one so far to 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 qualify. Um, you know that's that's um, uh, the first one that looks like being a ladies-owned horse in the race. Like you know, out of the first so many that are there. Uh, there's not many owned by women, so raced by women. So she's eligible for a bonus, even if she doesn't win a guinea. Yeah, you know? exactly right. Helen, it's been wonderful to chat, and uh, it, it's all come right at the right Thank time. You. you have a good yeah. Christmas uh, day tomorrow, and we look forward to seeing Trifling next month. Thank you very much. It's lovely to talk to you both. Helen Page joining us this morning here on Past the Post. We'll take a break. Back here with more in just a moment. You're listening to Radio Tab's Past the Post with David Fowler and Michael Maxworthy. A few names we know on the Eastern Seaboard contested the Ted Van Heeps Group 2 at Ascot yesterday. Here's the replay with Darren McCauley. 550 to go, Marachino just being healed along a little now by Turner as they come to the turn, zoom on a length off him, two lengths off those, new Marion who's tracked up beautifully into the race, then Casino 17 the Velvet Queen, well back star trader clear last as he draws the shillelagh on Marachino and zoom on wobbled out badly coming around the turn, Marachino kicked him out three in front of it, down the outside new Marion, Casino 17 Marachino's the leader, they go to the 150, here comes new Marion though, New Marion coming at Marachino. He gets level with him. Hits the front, New Marion, and New Marion goes home to win. New Marion won the Ted Van Heeps, beat Marachino, Casino 17. Zoom on. Well, he lost his way coming around the turn. He wobbled off noticeably. The Velvet Queen didn't flatter at all, and the rank outsider brings up the rear star trade. Well, Annabelle Nisham won the race with New Marion, but she turned up at Eagle Farm yesterday and won the first with Highland Rocker. Yes, um, New Marion, we've seen a fair bit of him during the carnival, haven't he? Won the Q22 last year and second to Wetor in the Doombin Cup this year. He sat just behind them and as uh, you pointed out with Adrian a little earlier, I'm not sure what went wrong with Zumon. He was the $2.50 favourite. He sat second behind Marachino, ready to pounce, coming towards the bend, but he wobbled. Perhaps he got onto the wrong leg, but he's staying on for the Perth Cup, but um, Numerian had to eventually get around Zoom On, who'd hung out and was really strong late, so uh, yeah, we'll be tuned into the uh, Perth Cup on New Year's Day, but Numerian taking out the group to Ted Van Hemps yesterday. Michael, appreciate your help over the last two Sundays. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, and Merry Christmas to you too, David. And Bye-bye. to all of our listeners, have a great Great day tomorrow, whatever you're doing. Hope you enjoyed. And, uh, of course, we'll be back uh, next Sunday for the New Year's Eve edition of Pass the Post. Have a good day today. Bye-bye.